This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone. It's me, Nigel Seeley, and welcome along to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. I am here uh, in New York, looking forward to another day's action at the US Open Tennis. And I'd like to say, joining me from Europe in Madrid, the capital of Spain, is our WTA Andy Kappa, Rory Girani. Rory, last six bit of a while since we spoke but we've already reached we're already up to the third round stage believe it or not uh and it's been that we've, we've got off to a steady start we've got some profit in in the money in the bank and some eight very interesting matches to look ahead to on friday but how are you first sir i'm very well yeah um been an interesting tournament so far the one thing that's been really noticeable for me is that the players who have come into the tournament in form have done all right and the players who have not been in form have bombed out so you're looking at players like Carolyn Garcia, out first round, Barbara Krajikova, out first round, Anna Blinkova, out first round. So she was out with Blinkova light. She was gone, wasn't she? Yeah, Blinkova. she was. Um, and we, we, well, I had a lean on Jodie Burridge against her. And so, you know, we're, we're going to go through these eight matches here. Um, I've got picks in three of them, but... You know, one thing that has, as I say, one thing's noticeable, the, the form players, the players who have been playing well, have continued to play well here. Um, one thing also worth mentioning is it sounds like there's all sorts of sickness bugs and all sorts going around New York at the moment. Um, so, you know, it's potluck. You know, if, if your player's unlucky to come down with the lurgy, um, it's uh, rotten luck, really. So that's one thing which we can't do much about. We're just going to keep plodding along and, and backing as, as we can. But un- until we know for sure who's fit and who's not there's a there's a little element of doubt as to some of these yeah always a big question mark about the fitness of players going into the final major of the year here in the big apple uh but obviously this rumor now there's you know there's talk of an illness spreading in the locker room which is playing havoc on the men's draw and the women's draw uh, we're recording this now on thursday for friday's matches but I, we're recording it ahead of the, the matches i don't know if it'll go live but Obviously, I, I was told yesterday that Ange Burr is in a pretty bad way with this bug, and uh, she's had it for almost uh, 24 hours now. I don't know if it's a 24-hour bug that will go, but uh, we saw Christopher Eubanks in the men's draw complain about uh, illness. We saw Dominic Team having to retire after set one because of uh, of an illness as well. So not only is, is conditioning a problem at the end of the, of the season, and, and obviously now this bug as well, and it's going to get really hot over here in the next few days. It's uh, currently in around about 80 degrees, but very humid. And as we go on to the tournament, the, the weather is going to get hotter and hotter. The last thing you want to do if you if you're not feeling well is be playing tennis in that humidity. So that's good. That's a big, big, big thing here now to, for your staking plan and for looking at uh, the tournament here. Uh, like I said, we haven't catched catch court base since the start of the tournament. So what do you, the tournament so far? It's quite slow. The conditions are quite slow. The courts are very slow, and uh, I, I think they, they're doing it really, you know, to give Corey Goffer. Uh, a chance of winning this. Uh, every TV channel you turn on over here has got Corey Goff and Jess Pegula. They're playing in doubles together, which I think could be at their detriment towards the end of the tournament if they go deep here. Uh, but let's start off with Corey Goff. I mean, I watched her yesterday against Andreeva. I put up a little bet um, in your absence. I played the over 19 and a half games 
wasn't to be. Andrew Eva broke her in the first game, and I thought, oh, here we go. We got we got a match on our hand. But Corey Goff played really, really well, and for a young player. With all the pressure on her shoulders, I was impressed at how she handles it, the situation. She's up against Mertens, the experience at least Mertens. Uh, Goff is the number six seed. Mertens is the number 32 seed. They met twice before. It's 2-0 on the head-to-heads. Goff is an overwhelming favourite here. Minus 7-15. Mertens is plus 5-10. On the spread, it's 5.5. Goff giving up 5.5 games at minus 120. And the total here, again, seems rather low at 19.5. You talk about players in form. There's no one in better form in the women's game than, uh, than Coco Goff. But the expectation of a nation and uh, it could see a, see a crumble, I think, as the tournament goes on. But she's a heavy favourite here. Do you think that's about right? I think she's very short for this. I mean, Merton's put out one of my outright picks, Danielle Collins, yesterday. She saved two match points in the second set. Collins really should have won that. But Merton's is a decent player in conditions like this. I think she's better than a five to one. Was it plus five, 10 shot here? As you say, Goff made pretty light work of Mira Andreva. She hit 24 winners to 16 unforced errors. But I think Merton's is too big here. And I don't think she'll win, but I think we, we've got to look at the handicap. Um, Merton's plus five and a half games is minus 107. But plus four and a half games is plus 170. And to me, that looks really big because... The Belgian, she doesn't get broken that often. I mean, sod's law, she'll get broken all the time now. But I, I think she's quite solid on serve. And Goff, good returner. She's been playing very well. I do feel, I agree with you, I feel at some point the sort of pressure and the expectation is going to affect her. She's very much expected to win this. I mean, obviously she was expected to, to, to beat Andreva, but I guess with Andreva being a youngster, a lot of hype around her as well. Maybe not so much. This is a match she's really expected to win. And and perhaps we might see a little little bit of pressure here. In her first match against Laura Siegemund, of course, she got pretty riled up by the German. And the Germans always trod a pretty fine line between gamesmanship and, and cheating, shall we say. She's, she's one of those who does sort of... She's a bit of a line stepper. And Siegemund really slowed her down. And to the point where Goff got really annoyed because she she wasn't ready to face one of Goff's serves and, and told the umpire about it in no uncertain terms. And the crowd got on Goff's side and got against Siegemund. But I think that's almost given players a bit of a template. They know that Goff can be wound up. They won't take it to the extreme that Siegemund did. But I can definitely see Mertens using her experience, slowing down the game at times and just making life a bit awkward for Goff in this one. Have we an official play? Or are we gonna always gonna Yeah, we're gonna have an official play plus four and a half games at plus one seventy for Elise Mertens. Just, just when I was looking through the head to heads, there was a couple of things that sort of cropped up. I mean, or one thing in particular. They met in twenty twenty two in the French Open, six four, six love, Corey Goff won that. And then there was also a six one, another bagel in the in the match in, in Eastbourne where actually Mertens got off to a six love lead. She got the first set six love and and Goff come back seven six seven six. So couple of bagels in the head-to-heads in the two matches. I'm not saying there will be one again, but it's quite interesting. But I, I was quite impressed with Goff yesterday. I must admit, I really was. I thought she handled a, tr- a tricky opponent really, really well. Um, but I just feel that the pressure will get to her as the tournament goes on. And I think that the her and Pekula playing in the 
in the doubles will be will be a hindrance if they go deep in this tournament. But uh, the pick for us, uh, Mertens plus four and a half against Goff at plus 170, you say. Decent odds of that. Uh, next match we're going to talk about is she's one of our tournament picks, uh, Carolina Mukova. She's up against Taylor Townsend. Uh, Mukova is the heavy favourite here, the number 10 seed. Minus $5. A lot of favourites, a lot of heavy favourites uh, in action on Friday. Townsend is plus 370. Uh, if you look at the uh, handicap, it's four and a spread. It's four and a half minus one twenty nine. Muka for giving up four and a half, and the total here is twenty and a half, around about minus one ten. You take your pick on the over or the under. I was sitting having a beer. Surprise, surprise. Uh, after the or just just after the golf game, actually, is the as they're waiting for Djokovic to come on, and I was sitting by court number seventeen where Tally Taylor Townsend had played had admire. And the atmosphere on that court was electric, and the the cheering and the euphoria when she won. And when as soon as I saw that, my first reaction was, "I've got to fade Taylor Townsend because she had such a high of winning that." I was hoping that she would probably play a, an opponent that she would be uh, a slight favourite for, but uh, it wasn't to be with Mukova. But Mukova here playing well, coming into some decent form, twenty five and nine on the hard courts, reached the Cincinnati final as well. Very impressive in the tournament so far. She looks injury-free, and the timing could be right to face Taylor Townsend. Yeah, I agree. And I think I can't see her having too much trouble with Townsend. And I'd, I'd give Townsend more of a chance. You know, people maybe not so familiar with her game. She's a lefty. She's a very attacking player. She plays a lot of serve volley. Really good player to watch. But with these courts playing as slowly as they are, I think Mukova wins this fairly comfortably. If they were playing fast, I'd give Townsend a bit of a chance. Um, as far as bets go, I can't really see one. As you say, probably is a fade for Townsend after that big win over Beatrice Hadaj Meyer. They haven't met before. So there is the element of surprise. You know, when you're playing a lefty for the first time, it can take a, a bit of time to get used to the serve, for instance, and the way that Townsend plays. But Mukova is a player who mixes it up herself. She can play serve volley. She can play everything. So I think the check will come through without too much fuss and hopefully go deep for us. Yeah, so no official play for us. We've already got our money on Mukova and we want her to progress through to the last 16. And given the way that Townsend's euphoric victory uh, yesterday, I think we've got a great chance of making the last 16 for Mukova there. So minus $5, it's it's a swerve for us not to get involved. Now, um, we said a lot of heavy favourites there are in action today, and the next heavy favourite is one that I I, I think is vulnerable here. Um, Helena Ostapenka, minus $5, up against Perra, uh, plus 375. They've met once before, which was on clay, which was Ostapenka's favourite service. She's a former French Open champion, and Perra won it, 6-2, 6-1. It was in 2019. Um, she's already beaten Kudometova uh, here, Perra, to get to this stage. And I'm really surprised by these odds here. Ostapenka is a five and a half Game favour on the spread, minus 103 for Ostapenka. You can get plus a uh, minus 125 for Perra receiving uh, the start. And I also think 19 and a half games is cheap. Over is minus 118. We do know that Alistair Ostapenka can hit the, uh, the, 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 the complete capitulation switch and go completely off the, off the radar. She was awful in the last round. I think she hit 80 unforced errors and she was cruising through to the victory. She almost threw it away. And uh, I'm quite surprised here. The other thing about it is that I saw Ostapenka play in Miami where it was very, very hot and her conditioning and she couldn't cope with the conditions. The weather tomorrow is getting hotter here and Ostapenka isn't always in the great condition. 
And I think this could potentially be a shock here. I, I'm really surprised by the five and a half. And I'm really surprised by the line being 19 and a half for the total games. Yeah, there are many ways to attack this. I think we've said it before in this podcast, but anyone backing Ostapenko at this sort of price needs their head examined because she's she's just not, not trustworthy to back, really. She does have periods where she can't hit a thing. I mean, as you said, 80 unforced errors in the last round. I mean, goodness me. Um, she hit 57 winners, which isn't bad, but... 80 unforced errors is, as I said, must be some sort of record. Um, Pera was taken three sets as well. Didn't make half as many unforced errors in beating Zhiyu Wang. That was a good result. Um, it's funny, they're, they're actually, their previous meeting on clay, as you say, in 2019, was actually in Latvia when Ostapenko was the home favourite. But the other thing to note, Ostapenko's record against left-handers isn't fantastic. It's worse than her general record. I can definitely see, I mean, as you say, you've you've mentioned the games and everything like that. Uh, the only problem is Ostapenko's so up and down. She's just as likely to win a set six love as she's to lose one. And I think the safer approach for me is the one is the one I'm taking. Pera to win a set. I think she can definitely do that. And that's plus one, three, two. I mean, Pera, she can be a little temperamental herself, but but not to the same extent as Ostapenko. Um Ostapenko is far too short. As I say, the play for me is Pera winning a set at plus one, three, two. But there are many ways you could skin this cat. You can do games, handicap, yeah, total games, you know, it to go three sets, for instance. But yeah, it's um, you cannot touch Ostapenko at that price. I'm very tempted by betting Pera to win the match at plus 375. I think that's too big. I mean, you can't have 80 unforced errors and then come back and play, you know, against a decent opponent you're going to get punished for that. And Ostapenko is going to get turned over here at a low price as a, as a heavy favourite. And I think this is your your best opportunity you're going to get to get against her because she's going to be have much tougher matches coming up. So I, I'm going to take Charles and Perra myself at plus 375. I'll be betting Perra here. And um, I'll be make sure, making sure I'm on one of the courts cheering on Perra at the top of my voice to influence that result. Uh, next match, we're going to talk about former Wimbledon champion, Elena Rabakina. She's up against Sorana Kirstia. Um, a veteran, the Romanian here. Uh, Rybikina is a heavy favourite, minus 305, but she was helped by uh, her opponent, Tom Nanovic, not coming through, uh, having to uh, withdraw from her match last night. Um, Rybikina hasn't had the best of preparation for someone through injury. And Kostia is, a, is a, obviously a tall veteran, plus 235, but the head-to-head is in Rybikina's favour. She's won t- uh, both her matches. They've played both in 2020. She's won them two fairly comfortably she's a three and a half favorite here at minus 143 on the spread and the total is 21 and a half games around about minus 110 on the over and the under um we faded Rebecca in the first round um didn't we against Kostuk and Kostuk didn't put any performance in at all um do you think that was Kostuk not turning up or or Rebecca playing well uh, and we were both very keen to fade Rebecca in the tournament um very impressive first round win uh, a bit of luck on the draw with an opponent withdrawn and now a fairly routine-ish, you would say, uh, third round opponent. I don't know. I think this could be a little tricky. Um, Rybakina did look very good first round, but as you say, Kostiuk didn't play nearly as well as she could. Rybakina served very well. And the worry for Rybakina is her shoulder. You know, she's got that old kinesio tape on there. It's uh, sort of flesh coloured, shall we say skin coloured. So you can't see it very well, but it's definitely there. Um, 
Kirsty is interesting though, because with the Romanian, you kind of she can fall very early in slams, but then she can get going and then she negotiate the first couple of rounds fairly easily here. She's not in bad form. And, and, and we saw in Miami when she beat Arena Sabalenka that she can handle hard hitters. She's serving well. And, and I, I, you know, I still have a question mark about Rybakina's shoulder. If that starts to give her trouble, you just never know. And, so I, you know, I have my. Th- I think it's. I think it's priced about right, though. I, I can't find a bet here. The one I, I, you know, the bet I was tempted by was Castilla plus three and a half games, at plus one one two. But the thing that puts me off is that you know one break of serve each set would be enough to, to put that bet down. So I, I don't have a bet. It's going to be a good one to watch. I think Castilla could give her a bit of trouble though. But if, if Rebecca is playing well, like we said in the first round. If Rebecca is playing well, she should win fairly comfortably. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the court's speed is going to help her here. No. I think Rebecca, uh, Rebecca needs it fast. And we saw last night with Kvitova, she needs it fast. She got beaten. And I think Rebecca then will struggle as the tournament goes on. But I think she'll she'll be too... I think she'll get the job done here eventually. But I, I can't... I, I'm still sticking with my Rebecca fade for the tournament. I think there's other players in the draw, uh, in particularly Goff, Shrontek, who are going to be much suited by the conditions here uh talking about sharon she's the next match we're going to talk about the world number one hasn't been in the best here it must be i must admit she i mean dara saville pushed her quite close especially in the second set um and had chances on break points but sharon produced the goods at the, at the most important time and usually when you get with sharon you want you want to go out under games and you want to get with her on giving up the very heavy starts but in recent weeks the trend has gone the other way. The, 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 her opponents have been cashing. Uh, this is no surprise to see Shrontek minus 10,000 to win this game. Her opponent, Juan, is uh, 1,900 to so 19 to 1. Uh, they've met once before, and it's a, the normal the normal six-love bagel set came in from uh, Shrontek. She won six-love 7-5 in 2021. The spread here this time around is 7.5. I mean, there's 46 different markets available on all these matches with Bet Rivers. So we can't look at the money line. We have to look at alternatives here to have a bet. The handicap is, or the spread is seven and a half, plus 102 for Shriontek, one, minus 129. And the total is a very, very low 16 and a half. Um, when they met before, you would say that Shriontek was probably playing better than she is now. And the line come in at 18. Um, I'd be tempted for the over 16 and a half here myself, you know. I would. I think, I think, I don't think Shriontek is playing as anywhere near as what she was last year here. And uh, I, I'm, I think she's going to get beat as well. I'm, I'm, I haven't been impressed with what I've seen with Swiatek. I think with Swiatek, it's it's very much about who she's playing. So first round, she beat Rebecca Peterson six love six one, and the last round against you know an experienced campaigner in Daria Saville, who knows, you know, she knows her way around the tennis court and and, and back again. So I think Saville's kind of savviness, if you like, just sort of you know, gave her a chance there and made it tough for Sviontek. I don't think Yuvan is has got that. They've actually got quite a lot of history, these two. They actually won the Youth Olympic doubles title together in Buenos Aires in 2018, where Yuvan also won the singles gold. Um, Yuvan just got past Lauren Davis in the previous round. I think first set bagel could be on here. Um, and I, I, I just think... Yuvan isn't, she's not a great server. I'm not sure she can trouble Sviontek unduly on her serve either. Um, And we have looked at Sviontek Bagel's 
all season pretty much, haven't we? But um, as you said, she won the first set six love when they met at Roland Garros two years ago. Yuvan has had some personal issues. I think her father died last year. So she's had a bit of an up and down time on the tour. Um, I'm going to have a bet on Sviontek to win the first set six love at plus 750, just because this is what she does, you know, against weaker opposition, you know, she does get the bagels more often than you'd think, than you'd expect. Um, I think, I, I wonder what the stats would be. If you looked at every time she played someone below sort of 60, 70 in the world, how many times she gets a bagel? I'd say it's quite a lot. And I'd say it's more than, more often than a plus 750 price would, uh, uh, would suggest. So, I'm, that's going to be my my third bet of the day. Igis Fiontet to win the first set, six love at plus seven fifty. Uh, you can also look at the, the second set as well uh, on this yep. market as well. And if you're betting in play, and obviously if you are betting in play, the Bet Rivers have an offer where they're matching a bonus, an in play betting bonus, where they match up to fifty fifty percent of your stake on anything up to twenty five dollars on a match bonus as well. So the information is on the graphic below uh, where we are speaking here. So that's an offer that's running all the way through the US Open with Bet Rivers. And remember, there's 46 different markets, as I said, on these matches. There's no better sports book for tennis betting uh, stateside than Bet Rivers. And we have all the different markets. Some some of these books just have Shrontech minus 10,000. That's it on the money line. We have 46 different markets available for you to choose from. Um, I certainly agree with you, Roy, on this one. I can see your logic in terms of the, the stats, and I think you are. But I think... Schwantik coming to this tournament is hasn't been a best, and I don't think she has that aura about her as what other in in, in recent tournaments. I think she, obviously she's the number one season, the tournament favourite, but I think that uh, people think they can give her a little bit of a match now. And uh, hopefully I'm wrong. We cash a seven fifty, but uh, anyway, you, you're not going to go too wrong betting a six stuff. But I, I just think that I'd I'd be more inclined to go over sixteen and a half games. But anyway, we'll see. Um, next match, it's a uh, chance Wang they could against... both land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah of course they could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they both landed in the match in French Open. That's right. Yeah. Six and a half, seven five. So the game's coming at eighteen. They both landed, so it could come in. Uh, Wang against Schmedlova. Uh, Wang is minus two sixty five. Schmedlova is plus two oh five. Um, three and a half is the spread here for Wang. Giving up minus one thirty seven. Total twenty one and a half minus one eighteen over and under. No head head records, so to speak. A match that really doesn't really inspire me with any sort of commitment or any conviction at all on any of these markets. Yeah. Um, those Buenos Aires Youth Olympic Games I just mentioned, Wang reached the semi-finals. So you can sort of see how their trajectories have gone. I mean, she's not shown that much in the pro ranks until this season. She's She has shown some improvement. And she beat Sara Soribes Toromo in the last round, which is never easy to do, especially with the courts playing so slowly. Schmidlova it seems to be saving her best for slams this year. She had a good run at Roland Garros. Can't help feeling Schmidlova's a little big here. She did beat uh, Maria Sakkari's conqueror, Rebecca Masarova, in the previous round. So a lean towards Schmidlova. I, I just think she's a little bit big at plus 205, but, but no bet for me here. Yeah, next game, uh, Belinda Bencic is a player that you mentioned sort of favourably in the preview show. You quite... Thought she could go well in this tournament. Uh, she's doing well indeed. She's minus 295 against uh, Lin Zhu, who is plus 225. The handicap again here is four and a half. Uh, Benchik is minus 132. Han Zhu is uh, plus 104. Total 20 and a half. Uh, one previous appearance, which was a long, long time ago, 2014. Both myself and Rory had masses of hair. Uh, <laughs> and and we, were, we were a couple of wastes. 
lines um, slimmer in those years, but uh, nothing's really much changed here. Benchik is still a heavy favourite, minus 295. You did say that you thought Benchik could go quite deep in this tournament. What, do you, what do you, Have you been impressed with what you saw from the Swiss star? I have. I mean, my only concern with Benchic, as as it is with a few players, is, is her fitness. Um, always, always a question mark with the Swiss. Um, I'm actually kicking myself a bit here because Lin has been in, Lin Zhu has been in good form of late, and I quite liked her to beat Victoria Azarenka last round, but didn't back her. And as I said earlier, the players who have shown decent form of late are going pretty well, and Lin Zhu is one of those. I think this will be. Belichick's first real test of the tournament, and then we'll get a good idea, I think, as to how deep she can go, and certainly should test her physically. Um, I, I don't have a strong opinion on this at all. I, I just think it's a good match. It's not one I want to get involved with, but I think if you're looking at Benchich as a potential challenger, I think this is a good. This will be a good test for her. Yeah, remember to head to the BetRivers website. They have all the tournament winner markets at the end of the play today on Thursday. This is a preview of Friday's third round women's matches. It always seems to amaze me. It seems like yesterday the tournament started and we're already into the, the, the round of thirty. They just move so quickly. And uh, especially while you've been out here, the time is flying incredibly quick. Uh, talk about time flying. I mean, I'm going back in time. Looking at the next match, uh, Wozniacki, two women on the comeback trail, Wozniacki and Brady. Uh, remarkably, they've never met before when you consider that, they bet that their history and what they've done in the game. They haven't met before here. Wozniacki last night uh, produced some good tennis to beat Petra Kvitova, but Petra Kvitova had an off day. Um, Wozniacki, all she had to do was get the ball back into net. A lot of unforced errors from uh, from Kvitova. And I, I bet Kvitova in that match in play. And um, I was really disappointed with her. You know, I'm a big Kvitova fan, but I think the cork speed, uh, especially being in the evening, was, was suited Wozniacki here. Uh, Brady is a tough opponent. And she, she's the big story on the news media here. And uh, obviously ESPN are, uh, are, are showing this on, on the TV networks here. And Brady's a, is a big story here. She's The crowd have got behind her. The US Open are using her a lot on their social media campaign as well. She's a big personality. Um, I think she's a tough game for Wozniacki. Even, even though Wozniacki won yesterday, I, I wasn't impressed with what I saw. I thought it was Kvitov who gave her the game. Uh, I like Brady here. She's plus 102. Uh, Wozniacki is minus 125. First real big match for both of these players since they come back. Uh, Wozniacki is minus one and a half from the spread. Brady can bet plus one and a half. I like that at minus 124. And the total here is 22 and a half. Um, I don't think I'd go deep because I'd want to know the, the, the scheduling for this match. If it was an early game in the heat, I think, because I haven't been off court for a long time, I could see unders. If it was cooler in the night game, I think it could be really a, a real classic. So um, from the scheduling point of view, I want, I want to look at that for the derivative markets and for the props. But on the money line, I'm quite tempted by Brady at plus money. Yeah, I'm I'm not really strongly swayed either way. I suspect it will be a night game. I suspect it will be a night game or one of the big courts. Um, as you say, with Brady's history, semi-finalist here, 2020, Australian Open finalist, 2021, big injury absence. And obviously Wozniacki, her first slam since childbirth. Um, I, I, I think Wozniacki will win this. I think she's going to do what she does, which is, you know, and you said what she did against Kvitova, you know, kept the ball in play and waited for Kvitova to make mistakes. And that is Wozniacki's game. It has always been her game. I mean, she can hit winners, don't get me wrong, but, you know, her game is is attrition, wearing down opponents. And I, I think she'll do that here. Um, 
I'm happy to leave this one alone. I, I think fatigue could come into it. Both players, neither's played a hell of a lot of tennis of late. And, and you wonder how, if it does go into a third set perhaps, or it could be two long sets. And you just wonder how match fit either is. I mean, they've played a few matches since returning, but but not compared to plenty of other players on the tour. I mean, for me, the one the one that did make some appeal and I had a look at was Wozniacki minus one and a half games because I feel that I think she'll win and I think she'll win, you know, close. It'll be close, but I, I think she'll win by enough to cover that spread. But as I say, just just the unknown of, of two players who haven't played too much tennis recently, um, I think it, it's one to avoid. But I, I, I think court conditions wise, I think it will be a night game. So that will be cooler and, and probably favour the Dane. We have a difference of opinion this one. I, I like Brady. Yeah. Uh, plus one and a half. I like Brady. So uh, we might do some business when the call's put down, uh, Rory. We'll have your yeah. chat. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a nice price on Wozniak. You give me a nice price on Brady. But uh, anyway, well, I'll tell you what, we'll have a, whoever, whoever, wins, whoever wins this match buys the other one lunch uh, <laughs> when, when, you come, when you're back in London. All right. Um, okay, that's a deal. So I'm going to go Brady. Rory's going to go for Wozniaki. Uh, uh, Rory, give us a little update on your official picks here, your three official picks for Friday's action. Women's singles, third round, US Open, three bets from Rory. And they are? They are. Elise Mertens plus four and a half games against Coco Goff. That's plus 170. Bernarda Perra to win a set against Yelena Ostapenko, plus 132. And Iga Sviontek to win the first set six love against Kaya Yuvan, and that's plus 750. Love that Perra bet. Really do. I'm going to pull the trigger and bet Perra to win on the money line as well. I think Ostapenko... Real vulnerable favourite of minus five dollars. <laughs> really, really want to take on the Latvian there. Uh, Roy, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, there's always remember, thank you very much for downloading and watching on our YouTube channel, our new YouTube channel. Remember, there are a few ways you can follow all the activity, all the handicappers here on Betting Weekly uh, Game Bet Match. You can download the podcast, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Betting Weekly Studios. Some brilliant content on there. Uh, the Premier League show I've just recorded a minute ago. We have uh, the Champions League draw uh, later on today. We'll be looking at the outright markets and that, the groups, the top goal score, special tomorrow on that. And as well as the tennis action from Rory, myself and Sean Calvert. Believe it or not, we had 200 episodes of this. So thank you for your, your help on that, Rory and Sean. And thanks for everybody for watching and leaving some nice comments, some not so nice comments, but that's the nature <laughs> of the beast. Uh, no, we, we, we win together, we lose together. So thank you very much for that. And also they can follow us on our socials, which is at Because We Win on Twitter and also on Instagram. You can follow my adventures here in New York and uh on the weekend, Sean Calvert, I'll be handing the baton on to Sean Calvert. I'll be heading back to London and Sean will come back for week two of the final major of 2023. Rory, uh, anything planned for the weekend? Anything nice? Uh, oh, no. Work, watching tennis. That, that's my weekend. <laughs> Lovely. Much. I'm going to do plenty of. I'm going to watch a bit of tennis, plenty of sunbathing, and then get on that plane back to London on Sunday, Monday morning, and. Uh, Talk to do it all again next week. Uh, thanks very much for watching. Roy, have a great day. Good luck with your wages, and uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Take care.